Good day, it's a good day indeed. And although all is not well, but God is still so good. It's important that we are able to see the goodness of God even in times of struggles and troubles. Because through it all, He's working on your behalf to get you to your expected end and His promised blessings in your life. Amen? So today, if you don't mind, I'd like to speak to you from the thought of God's seven Ps, the process to prosperity and a new you. And our main scripture can be found in Proverbs 21, 21. And it reads as follows. He who pursues righteousness and love finds life, prosperity, and honor. Let the Lord have a blessing to the reading of his wonderful word. In our main text, the writer speaks of pursuit of righteousness. Let's start right there. In a biblical context, when we see and hear the words pursuit of righteousness, we can directly correlate that to the pursuing of God, his word, and all of his righteousness. We all must understand that pursuing righteousness is a process, a process that one must go through to truly become all that God wants them to be, all he has for them to do, and all that they are in Christ. It is a process that allows one to progress to the goal of God using one for the kingdom, to spread the good news, as well as live out a Christ-led life through you, one that will draw others to him as he uses you as the vessel, a righteous vessel, not perfect, but one that is being prepped and prepared for a greater purpose in Christ. Therefore, I will speak today about seven steps are used to get you where God wants you to go and prosper you as he desires to do so and make you into a new you in Christ. So allow me to give you the seven Ps, and then we'll elaborate on each one. The seven Ps of God. First, there's a promise. Then there's peace, pruning, and purification. They go together. Purpose, plan, promotion, and finally, prosperity. Let's dive right into the promise. Genesis 37, 5, and 11. Read it when you get a chance. A solemn promise. A promise is a solemn pledge to grant specified things, a guaranteed pledge. Do you know the Bible is full of God's promises from Genesis to Revelations? It is said that the Bible has 5,467 promises, and each and every one of them is available to you. And the thing I love most about God's promises is that they are sealed with an oath, an oath he swore with by himself, thus ensuring you and me that they all are true, can be believed in, counted on, knowing they all will come to pass. All we have to do is check his track record, 100%. He's done as he has spoken, not going against or back on his word ever. Because there are two things that God can't do. That's right, there's two things he cannot do. That's fail or lie. Please allow me to share two scriptures with you to verify the promises and the oath. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name. That's Hebrews 6 and 13. The second scripture, God is not man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? I have received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot change it. Numbers 23 and 19. 
Your promises come with a sworn oath. His promises are real and will come to pass. So you can stand on them, believe in them, so you can and will receive them. Now, I don't want to paint a rosy picture of God's promises. There are also promises of curses, rebukes, and exiles. He has good and bad in his promises. The promises you received are based on your acts, deeds, behavior, obedience, or disobedience. Blessings for obedience and curses for disobedience in Deuteronomy 28. And understand, God's promises are true and will come to pass, good or bad. The curse wiped out mankind, sent a flood throughout the land, sent the Israelites into exile and slavery. He is fair, just, and real about what he promises. He has in place for his children who obey him. And the ones who don't, this is real life stuff, people. Real talk. All his promises come with consequences and have requirements attached to them. And I feel compelled to share this with you. So you can know better because when you know better, you can do better. And doing better means you can receive all the promises God has set aside just for you. Because he does want to bless you. He desires to bless you and take pleasure in blessing you. If you don't mind, allow me to show you firsthand. God made promises to Joseph as well as to other people in the Bible. But for this point, I want to focus on Abraham. God had promised to give Abraham a son, a son in his old age. And despite all the odds being against him, all human logic not being on his side with his best years far behind him. God did exactly what he said he would do for Abraham. He gave him a son, the son Isaac in his old age. Why, you may ask, because Abraham was a righteous man and believed in God. Understand God's move in your life is not based on human logic or man's reason or approval. It's based on God's promises, his oath, his strength, his power, and what God decides and desires to do for you and is predicated on you believing he will do it just for you. So whatever you have been believing God for, and it seems beyond human logic or reason, and others are looking at you strange for saying what God told you he will do for you, let them look, let them reason, let them have their human logic. What God has promised you has nothing to do with what they think or believe, but everything to do with what you think and what you believe. And what God has promised you is not for them. It's for you. In the text, God's promise to Abraham was fulfilled because he believed God would do what he had promised him. It didn't matter what anyone else believed, thought, doubted, snickered about, or laughed at. Can I say this? When God gives you a promise, don't allow the snickering or the laughing of others to stop you from believing. Remember, the promise isn't theirs, it's yours. And all God needed for Abraham was just to believe regardless of the situation, circumstance, trial, tribulation, or hardship, or an old wife with no eggs and he with a dead sperm, it didn't matter. All God needed was Abraham to just trust and believe in him because it was a promise from God. God is saying the same thing to you today. He just needs you to trust and believe that he will do what he has promised you, not to anyone else, but to you. I pray that whomever I'm talking to that you receive that. The promise that God has given you 
has been solidified, documented, and sealed with the sworn promise and oath from Almighty God himself. And now that you have your promise, now like Abraham, who had to walk through obstacles to receive his promised son, Isaac, a year later. So will you, therefore, despite obstacles, tests, trials, tribulations, valley storms, snickering and ridicule, you will have to walk through? Will you keep walking to your promise? Because every promise comes with a requirement and opposition. Let me say that again, because every promise comes with requirements and opposition. It is just part of the course, because through the opposition, trials and tests, you will come out the other end prepared, ready, and appreciative of it, the promise, when it arrives. Because it came with some work, sacrifice, and perseverance on your part. So I say again, if God has promised you something, he needs you to continue walking towards it, despite and regardless of what tries to hinder you, although you may be walking in turmoil or the valley of the shadow of death. Just know God is right there hovering over you, letting you know he's there with you. That takes us to our second P and he's right there with you with his everlasting peace. Peace you can find it in Genesis 39, one through six. Please read it. Peace is an inner tranquility and a poise of the Christian whose trust is in God through Christ. In order to get to the last P that God has promised you, you have to be able to walk in and to your promise in peace. If you don't or can't walk toward your promise in peace, the enemy will keep you uptight, angry, complaining, murmuring, getting sidetracked, frustrated, doubting, depressed, and discouraged, all in an attempt to make you quit. Didn't we see all those things in the Israelites after God had freed them from Egypt? And as they were walking towards their promised land, their walk lasted 40 years on what should have been an 11-day hike. This is what happens when you don't or can't or won't walk to your promise in peace. It will take you longer to make the journey. It will make it more difficult. It will take you off course, cause distractions, or eventually and potentially cause you to quit. Do you understand how important peace is on your Christian journey and in your life in general? You need look no further than the plight of the Israelites to the promised land to truly understand why peace is so important as you walk to your promise. As Jesus left the earth, he said, my peace, I give you my peace. I leave you understand the Israelites were supplied everything they needed on 11 day hike across the desert. But because they didn't walk in peace, even though they had God's presence with them and he was always there watching over them, they were too busy allowing chaos, confusion and doubt to rob them of their peace and of God's presence that was right there with them all the time. They were receiving all the things they needed, but they were too busy murmuring to see it. Remember water from a rock, God. Pillar of fire by night, God. Cloud by day, God. Man and quail, nothing but God. So he was there every step of the way with them and for them, and they still didn't recognize, understand, acknowledge or appreciate the presence and the peace of God hovering over them. Do you know people like that? God's applying everything they need, but they're too busy complaining about other things to see what God is doing in their lives right now. I say to you, don't be like that. 
If you've received the promise and are now walking towards it, don't miss the peace of God hovering over you, supplying all that you need, performing miracles in your life in plain sight, and you miss it due to being blind, bills being paid, no job, food provided, no money, promotion on your job, not qualified, favor abound and all around you, falling all over you. God is performing and providing. God is performing and providing all around you, but because you're too busy complaining, you can't see and recognize it. Understand sometimes it may understand sometimes it might not be all you desire, but he's supplying all that you need in that moment. So don't allow your complaining to cause you to miss him and what he's supplying for you in the moment and season that you're in. It took them 40 years to get to the promise God had get. It took them 40 years to get to the. It took them 40 years to get to the promise God had for them. If they would have walked in peace, they would have reached the promised land in 11 days. In contrast to Joseph's and Abraham's journey, we didn't hear about them complaining, murmuring, or threatening to go back. They learned to walk in God's peace throughout their journey en route to their seventh P. Read Joseph's and Abraham's story when you get a chance. Each of them reached and received the seventh P God had waiting for them in a timely manner. Why, you ask? I'm glad you ask. Because they were in bad, although they were in a bad situation, but they walked in peace, the peace of God, knowing that, knowing that, where, knowing that wherever they were, God was there with them. In the text, and God, in the text, it says, and God was with Joseph. But also read, a, but also read the Israelite story as well. And the consequences of not walking in God's peace. It's important that you walk to your promise in peace. Despite the opposition you will face, don't be dismayed. But don't be dismayed. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. That's Psalms 29, 11. You've been blessed with peace to walk to your promise. Trust me. Yet believe. Yet. Bl Trust me. But better yet, believe God. Walking in peace makes the journey. You've been blessed with peace. You've been blessed with peace to walk to your promise. Trust me. Better yet. Trust God. Better yet. Believe and trust God. Walking in peace makes the journey more bearable and enjoyable. Now you receive the promise. You know how to walk in it. Now that you've received your promise, you know to walk in peace. That takes us to our third P. Purification or pruning. That can be found in Genesis 39, 20 to 23, as well as John 15, 2. The act of making oneself clean and pure before God and men. Free from contaminations, gutless and pure. Scripture says, He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. That's John 15 and 2. Understand pruning and purification is part of the process that God uses to cut and remove all that hinders you from being all that He has for you to be righteous. He has to, 
He has to sometimes cut. He has to sometimes cut us to grow us without pruning of the old, the ugly, the evil, the mean, the unworthy, the ungodly and the unholy. We could never get to where he has destined for us to go or be as well as cutting some people and things out of our lives on the way to our 70p. If you don't mind, allow me to say this to you. Please understand everybody in your life today, nor everything will be part of where God is taking you and what he's going to do to, through, and for you. Some of them will be cut out. But while cutting others out, he will continue to prune and pur- he will continue to prune and purify you, your attitude, your smart mouth, revengeful spirit, your lying lips, deceitful deeds and your hatred and your hateful streak needs to be pruned before he can elevate you. Otherwise you will be, otherwise you will be a double-minded person, unstable in all your ways, fresh water and salt water coming from the same mouth, blessing people and turn around and cursing them in the same sentence. If we take a look at a rose bush in order for it in a rose bush, In order to reach its full blossoming potential, it has to be pruned or cut back. So too is it for maturing Christians who are walking with God with purpose, a plan, and a reason. He has to cut you to grow you, cut you back to bring you back better, righteous. It is his way of cutting you back and removing the stains and impurities off of you and out of your life. Remember, you walk in the world, but you're not of it. Can I say this again? Can I say it this way? When you walk through a muddy field, you're bound to get some mud on you. Mud doesn't just come off. It has to be washed off. And sometimes being on your Christian journey and just being in the world, you get drops of mud on yourself because the world is a muddy place. Understand stains, sins, and impurities in our spears have to be washed off too. And many times it must be done by God his way. And contrary to popular belief, no one is immune to picking up a few worldly mud drops as you walk in this world daily. Or some stinking thinking, pride issues, attitude, anger, slip of the lip, and other things. We all are aware of what we need God to prune and purge from us. So I simply say, judge yourself accordingly. Mine might, mine not, mine might not be yours, and yours may not be your friends or your siblings, But we all need things purged and pruned out of us, all of us. And yes, I'm talking to Miss, I've been in church my whole life. You too needs to be purged and pruned as well. Must I remind you all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God? It says all, not just sinners. Hmm. So so so-called saints be aware. So all I'm saying is we all need to be pruned, purified and rebuked at times. Even when we have been saved for a while in the text, do you recall when Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you're a stumbling block to me. You do not, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Matthew 16 and 23. Understand pruning and purification is not a bad thing. It's a necessary thing for Christians. All of us can sometimes slip into something that needs to be purged out of our lives, a little pride, anger, doubt, or selfishness. Did you see Peter's pride in scripture? Pruning and purification is not a bad thing. It's a necessary thing for Christians. All of us can slip sometimes. 
into something that needs to be purged out of our lives. A little pride, anger, doubt, selfishness. We all have sometimes. Did you see Peter's pride in scripture? Pruning and purification is important to getting you to the next level in your journey and to your next P. God knows what God knows what's in you and know and knows what needs to get out of you before you take the next step. God knows what's in you and knows what needs to get out of you before you take the next step in your journey. We all have to be pruned and purged and purified of some things, some on a daily basis. So understand purification is not something new that God started with you and me. It is something that it is something that he has been doing and does throughout the Bible. We can see that God has purified many in the Bible, their ways, their walk, their talk, their behavior, and their attitudes. And no, he does it by any means necessary to get you where he needs you to be. God used a pit in Potiphar's house in prison to prune and purify Joseph. He used the desert to prune and purify Moses, a whale's mouth to prune and purify Jonah, and caves, a lost child, caves and a lost child to purify David, and will use what needs to to prune and purify you. So if you so if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, read. So if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior recently, and holy hell has been broken, and holy hell has broken out in your life, things and people are being removed from, things and people are being removed from you. Don't fret. God is doing work in and on you. It is necessary. It is a necessary set. It's a necessary step in your growth in your Christian journey. Please understand God's purging, pruning, and purification. Please understand, understand God purges, prunes, and purifies you because he loves you and desires you to be fruitful. He desires to be, he desires to use you, but needs you to have purity of thought, purity of action, purity of motive and deeds in spirit and purpose, not perfect, but purified. Please hear me. I did not say perfect, but a pureness to your purpose. All about Jesus and not about you. Remember, pruning and purification involves cleansing. Cleansing the junk out of you so God can put his holiness in you. Pruning and purification is part of the process to get you to the next P. To get you to the next P in your life. We walked, we talked about the promise. We walked in peace. We talked about the necessity of pruning and purification. The next P is purpose. Genesis 41 through 15. Please read the scriptures when you get a chance. Our fourth P is purpose. Purpose means intention, objectives in God's predetermined will. Scripture says, I say my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Isaiah 46 and 11. Do you know God has a purpose for everything he does in your life and in my life? And it is designed to work for your good. That's Romans 8 and 28. Nothing God does is by chance, accident, luck, or happenstance. It is and has been done for a specific and designed purpose. For example, if you're listening to me right now, 
No, it is purposed by God for you to be here hearing this right now because I am here to remind you that he has a purpose because I'm here to remind some because I'm here to remind you that he has a purpose for you and he created you for a purpose with a, with a specific purpose in his mind. He speaks of that very fact and confirms it in Jeremiah. Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1 and 5. You are created by God with a, spe with a specific purpose in mind. You are here for a purpose and to fulfill your purpose and make an impact on this earth. Understand everyone God created, he created with a purpose and for a purpose. Many sometimes get sidetracked and never understand or reach or fulfill their purpose. Do it due to bad choices, decisions, or never getting or never get off the track that that's leading or never get off the track that's leading them astray. But for, but for the ones who do, God gets glory through them and they receive blessings from him. Let's take a look at a few purpose people. God had a purpose for creating Jeremiah. God had a purpose for creating Moses, for creating Joseph. God had a purpose for Esther and Ruth and Gideon, Samson, Deborah, and Barak. Yes, Barak is in the Bible. Look for it. Yes, Barak is in the Bible. Look in 1 Samuel 12 and 11 in Hebrews 11, 13. I'm sorry, and, and Hebrews 11, 32. It's there. He's there. Everyone in the Bible were created with a specific purpose in mind, and he had a specific purpose for creating you too. And he had a specific purpose for creating you too. Do you see where I'm going? Everyone has a purpose. God doesn't do anything without a set purpose in mind. Even your travails have a purpose. Your trials and tribulations, they all have a purpose to them. I know sometimes you feel that things he allows to happen aren't necessary needed or appropriate but trust me but trust him they are many times it is not until it's many times it's not until it's finished that we understand why he chose to do it the way he did remember he is god and he sees the end before the beginning he knows how he will end thus thus he knows how to get you there and what it takes for you to remain there preparation for your purpose his way and purpose for doing his way, purpose, his way and purpose for doing things are so vastly different than ours. Isaiah 55 says it this way. My ways are not your ways, says the Lord. We can see it throughout scripture, but there's one thing we can say. It all works out for the good of that person. Please allow me to say this again. God does everything for a purpose and with a purpose in mind. God had a purpose for placing Moses in the desert. God had a purpose for placing Jonah in the mouth of a great fish. God had a purpose for placing Paul in prison. Job in poverty, Joseph in jail, Esther an orphan, Ruth a widow. And if you find yourself alone right now, there's a purpose for it. He has a purpose for placing you in your current situation. So I say, stay there and trust him. You're there for his divine purpose. And if you will hold on to the promise, stay in peace. Allow him to prune and purify you. Trust his purpose. He will walk you right into P number five.
and that's his divine plan for your life. You can find it in Genesis 40, 16 through 23, and I implore you to read it. Plans, a scheme for making or doing something. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Jeremiah 29, 11. As you read the rest of the scripture, it is an awesome plan. And get this, no man on earth or devil in hell can stop God's plan from coming forth in your life. Now understand, you can through disobedience, not submitting, committing, believing, or trusting him, and outright quitting or going back to what you were doing, who you were doing it with, how you were doing it, back to the old self, self-centered and selfish. But know if you stay the course and don't go back, God's plan for you will never fail. Remember, God can do all things except fail. So I can stop right here. That's pretty much all I need to say about this topic. God's plan for your life will succeed and cannot fail if you trust him, believe in him, and commit your ways to him. If you need proof that the plan that God has for your life won't fail, I can call out names of people he had a plan for, and then you tell me if it failed. Daniel, Joseph, David, Esther, Mary, Joseph, Barak, Gideon. I can walk you through the Bible to show you his success rate is above 100%. Again, God's plan will and cannot fail if you do what he instructs you to do. Trust him and walk in obedience. The plan he has for you will succeed, period. We can move on to P number six. But before we do that, let me leave you some scriptures to reassure you. Proverbs 15, 22, plans fail for the lack of counsel. You have the greatest counselor of all times, and it is his plan that has been planned for you. So God is your counselor. Jesus is your intercessor, and the Holy Spirit is your guide. With the Holy Trinity leading, guiding, counseling, and instructing you, with this type of leadership and guideship, the plan can't go wrong. And these scriptures are your reassurance Yours won't either. He will fail. He will not fail you. First Chronicles 28 and 20. And he will make all your plans succeed. Psalms 20 and 4. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Joshua 23 and 14. I know that you can do all things. No plan of yours will be thwarted. Job 42 and 2. Every promised plan of God and from God has been fulfilled and not one has failed. We've talked about promise. We've talked about peace, pruning and purification, purpose and plan. And that takes us to P number six, promotion. Genesis 41 through 37. I implore you to read it when you get a chance. Promotion, endorsement, encouragement, sponsorship, moving up. Psalm 75, six through seven reads as follows. For promotion come neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He put it down one and set it up another. That's a King James Version. A purposed, planned promotion from Almighty God. It is God who promotes a man, not a man. A man cannot be promoted unless God approves of it and places him there. Now allow me to say this. The devil promotes as well, but it's not a sustainable promotion. It comes with a price. It comes with the selling of your soul. Scripture says, 
What does it profit a man to gain the world and lose his soul? That's Matthew 6 and 26. The enemy's promotion costs you something. It's your soul. There are many people running around with temporary promotion from the enemy. We see them with fancy cars and houses, clothes and jewelry, big buildings, golf resorts and towers with their names on them. We will know them by the devilish deeds they do or the fruit they bear. They are usually cutthroat and crooked, liars and thieves stepping on others to get ahead. They falsify documents, tax papers, inflating assets and deflating for debt. And at some point, they have so many lawsuits and charges against him, you can't keep track of them. He will even elevate you to the top of the world, but there's a price you must pay back, and it's your soul. These promotions by the enemy are in stark contrast to God's promotions. God's promotions come with no hurt, harm, or pain. 1 Chronicles 4 and 10. That's Jabaz's that's Jabaz's promotion. For God's promotions are attached to his master plan and purpose for your life. And that plan entails helping his people and bringing glory to his name. You will be promoted for the purpose of helping others and glorifying God, whether it is by his elevating you or him bringing you down. Yes, bringing you up as well as bringing you down. Let's look at the up. Look at the glory that Joseph, Moses, Noah, Paul, Joshua, and Esther brought God. Joseph was promoted to second in charge of Egypt. Moses promoted as deliverer and leader. Noah promoted to save mankind. Esther promoted to be queen. Paul promoted from Saul the persecutor to Paul the preacher. Joshua from second to Moses to leader of his people to the promised land. But just as he promotes and uplifts, he demotes and brings down as well. Pharaoh mistakenly thought he was in control. However, God allowed Pharaoh to be the Egyptian leader for his purpose. The promotion was ultimately done to bring God glory. This is God speaking to and about Pharaoh. But I raised you up for this very purpose, that I may show you my power, that my name might be proclaimed on earth. Exodus 9 and 16. God will promote and demote in order to get glory from and through. He will allow Pharaoh, a trumps and chumps to be elevated to bring down. So he will be glorified and show that evil and wrongdoing does not pay. Your actions, behavior, deeds, and works matter. In the text, look at Adam's demotion out of the Garden of Eden. There have been many who have been raised up only to be demoted due to their actions Ordinary people, as well as preachers and pastors, priests and cardinals and bishops alike. Scripture says to whom much is given, much is required. That's Luke 12 and 48. So I say, when God promotes you, don't take it lightly. Understand your promotion is not only for you and your own personal selfish gains or self-glorification, but to help others and to glorify God. What am I saying? I'm saying this. God does not promote and bless you just to bless you. He blesses and promotes you to help and bless others. And yes, he will bless you too. Understand you are his vessel that he's using to be a blessing to others. In the Bible, Joseph was promoted to second in charge of Egypt under the Pharaoh. And it was not to just bless himself, but all of Egypt as well as the people 
included in his family, all the, as well as all the people, including his family. Your promotion or elevation is God allowing you to be his mouth, his ears, his eyes, hands, feet, heart, and action doer on earth. Just know when promotion comes, God is placing you in a position that God is placing you in a position that he wants you to be in, to be able to use you in the way that he sees fit. And again, your promotion is not just for you. It is also to help everyone God sends your way. I'm stressing this point so you don't nullify or misunderstand what your promotion is. Read and see what Joseph's read and see what Joseph's role was once he was elevated. He did not seek revenge. He forgave and brought his family into the fold for their role in helping him through the wrong deeds they did to him. But they were but they were his family and his promotion helped them as well. So when your elevation and promotion comes, don't forget about the people that may have wronged you, even if they're family, bring them in the fold. As God says, bring them. So we've talked about the promise. We know we have to walk in peace. We know there's a time of pruning and purification. We understand God has a divine purpose. He has a master plan. We also know of his promotion and that leads us to our seventh P. And the seventh P is prosperity. Prosperity is to succeed or thrive, to flourish, to cause others to, cause others to succeed. That's in Genesis 41, 53 through 57, as well as 42, as well as Genesis 42, 1 through 7. And again, I implore you to read it when you get a chance. The, the seventh P. We know biblically that number seven represents completion. So allow me to draw to an end with our seventh P. Proverbs 10, 22 reads as follows. The blessings of the Lord brings, the blessings of the Lord brings wealth. Now understand wealth does not just mean money. It means wealth of knowledge, wealth of peace, wealth of wisdom, a wealth of love, compassion, kindness, wealth of strength, and a wealth of money too. If you need that, please allow me to say this to you. I am not a teacher of what some call the prosperity gospel. I'm just a teacher of the truth and only of what God says. And all I say to you is based on scripture. God desires his children to be the head, not the tail above and not beneath lenders and not borrowers borrowers. So if that is what some call the prosperity gospel, please check with God. I'm quoting him. Do you know the word prosper, prospered, prosperous, or prosperity appears in the Bible over a hundred times? God's words, God's word says in Deuteronomy 28, 11, I will grant you abundant prosperity. Deuteronomy 28, 63, it pleases the Lord to make you prosper. Proverbs 28, 25, he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. Genesis 39, Genesis 39, 2. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. Allow me to say this for allow me to say these four things from these scriptures. God promised to grant abundant prosperity. It pleases it pleases God to prosper you. He prospers those who trust him and for and those who walk with him and who walks for him. Allow me to share with you a man that did just that. And I'm and I'm not sure if you're aware but I mentioned this man's name in all seven points. 
Joseph is the man who walked with God and God walked with him. He held onto God's promises. He walked in and kept his peace, went through God's pruning and purification in the pit, Potiphar's house and prison. He believed his purpose when others didn't. He believed in his purpose when others didn't. Trusted God's plan against all odds. He waited humbly for his promotion to come and once promoted. He blessed others with his prosperity and he brought God and brought glory to God. He took jo God took Joseph through his seven God took Joseph through his 7P process and in the end Joseph was a new him. From a lad with a colorful robe that his dad gave him to impregnated with the dream that his father gave him to second in charge of Egypt and all and over all the wealth of the country. What a journey God took him on. Not always easy, but it was always necessary. Someone listening to this is on a journey they'd never seen coming, didn't know was coming, but know, but know it has to be God led because it's, because it's above your own comprehension as Joseph's was. So don't so I say to you, don't be dismayed, shocked, nor surprised. The Bible, is to, the Bible is just a microcosm of our lives, having been lived out beforehand. He's taking us on our journey for others to hear and read about like Joseph's. Remember, he's no respect a person and shows no favoritism. Romans 2 and 11. Therefore, if God has promised you with a sworn oath to take, to make you a new to make a new you and to prosper you, trust and believe he will do it as he has spoken because he can do all things but fail and lie. Always remember that in closing, just know today I stopped by to tell you God wants to and is in the process of making you into a new you, a prosperous you, if you allow him to take you through the seven P process. So stay the course that God wants to take you on. Understand as I leave you with this, the seven P's of God are necessary and needed for your elevation to where God wants to take you. And know once you get and once you and know once you get to the seventh P prosperity, it's not just for you. It's for all who it's for all who God places in your path and instructs you to help. God prospered Joseph and many others in the Bible. God prospered Joseph and many others in the Bible, but he took them through the seven step process. So get your promise. And once you have it, hold on to it. Begin walking to it with peace in your heart, despite what you will have to face. Don't get discouraged when God prunes and purifies you. It's for your own good. Know he has a purpose for doing it. Even when you don't understand, even when you don't understand it, he does. Trust his master plan for your life. It's bigger than you could ever dream, think, or imagine. If you stay the course, promotion will come. He has promised it to you. And no prosperity is not just for you. It's for all he places in your path to help you. Understand prosperity without peace equals problems. As I leave you with this, the seven P's of God are necessary and needed for your elevation to where God wants to take you. Stay the course. Don't quit because quitting is not an option if you want to be a new you in Christ. Amen. As always, we hope you enjoyed today's message. 
We welcome your feedback. And if you were blessed by the message, please feel free to pass our podcast information on to both friends and family. We pray that you have an awesomely blessed day, and we thank you again for allowing us to share a word of God with you. To God be the glory. Amen. AAJ Pod, where the passion for Christ meets the purpose of Christ.